You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Proof Text. I'm Michael Halcombe and I'm here with Fred Long. And in this Grammar Point subseries, we're talking about pronouns. Now, in the first episode, we talked about personal pronouns. And in the second, we heard about demonstrative pronouns. And so in this one, we're going to continue going forward and we're going to think about relative pronouns. So, uh, Fred, what do you have for us? Relative pronouns follow typically the first and second declension, right? So, and what's neat about them is that they start a subordinate clause typically, or if they're the object of the preposition, you know, the the prepositional phrase of which they're a part begins a a subordinate clause. So relative pronouns are a way, you know, there's a lot of verbal subordinate clauses that are built around verbs and time, you know, time or logical kind of connectors like since or because or until or when or while or whatever, but these relative pronouns are used to elaborate upon a noun. And so we have to ask why, why is the author choosing to elaborate on this noun by way of actually forming a whole clause structure? Uh, yeah, with, by, by them. And so that's that gets us to kind of thinking about the function of these relative pronouns. Uh, there, there is uh, two types, or really we could talk about more. Next time we'll talk about correlative pronouns. But um, you have os, which is uh, os is the masculine form, a feminine form, um, o the neuter form. Uh, but you also have ostis. Otis and uh, what is it? Otis, O-T, O-T. And those are that, that, that ostis is another type of relative pronoun that's called the indefinite relative pronoun, which I'm going to treat under as a relative pronoun. And the question is, is why? Why do you have two types of relative pronouns? What, what does ostis maybe mark or signify that os doesn't? Now, one of my one of our doctoral students at Asbury and an advanced discourse Greek class that I taught, Benjamin Ike, he looked at this. And actually, I think it's going to be published. It's, it's being published in a journal right now. I forget the journal. But he tries to tease out the difference between these. And many times he can say uh, that ostis, that longer form ha- with, with that additional marking carries a little bit more punch to it. Although not in every case can you discern that necessarily, unless we're missing something culturally. I think it was Maximilian Zerwick in his grammar that mentioned that a lot of times ostis, the ostis relative pronoun, um, can have a causal kind of sense to it. Like in, in context, you can almost add like because blah, 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 because he or she is this way or something like that. 
So it's almost like the elaboration that the Ostis clause develops has a supporting function logically, which kind of kind of makes sense a little bit. Um, okay, so basically, the trick with these is is uh, that they they begin an elaboration on some kind of noun, and that it, in itself is significant because uh, why why is this person or entity being elaborated upon? Secondly, we have to think about where does that relative pronoun clause end, and that can get a little bit tricky. Yeah. And then lastly, ostis form, the ostis form may describe nature and the nature of something a little bit more intimately or, or more in a more marked way and may provide support, may provide support. And so, uh, yeah, Maximilian Zerwick, look at page uh, 68. Yeah. Um, mm. So. Yeah, that's that's what I have to, to share about relative pronouns. Ostis, I should just say, is interesting because it's got the os, which follows first and second declension endings, but then has the added tis. And we'll look at tis in, in future episodes, but tis is a third declension form. So it's uh, tis, tenos, teni, tena. And so ostis, you have two ways to parse it. You have the os part, which is first, second person, and then you have the tis part which is um, uh, third declension. Yeah. Get a little more uh, eoticism on that tis. Tis. Tis, yeah. Tis, yeah, but, thank you. That's yeah, probably good. just if I have it. <laughs> yeah, 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 Ostis. for sure. Ostis. Ostis. Um, good, so an example in English, like you think of these uh, relative pronouns. So you could say like the man... And then I like I like how you're pointing out it elaborates on a noun, right? So the man who jumped off the bridge, right? Now we're getting more information about the man. It's a it's elaborating. Yep. And so I'm looking at Galatians 4:19 just by chance. He says, "My children, with whom again I am in the pains, until Christ is formed in you." That who clause. I mean, and this is like a, it's almost like a meta comment on the situation. Like he's pained at what's happening and he's, so he calls them out as my children. So there's a personal pronoun, but then he elaborates on this and basically like he's in the pains of childbirth again. <laughs> so this elaboration with whom again, I'm at labor pains until Christ is formed in you you know, really is telling a, a pretty amazing story and a really gut-wrenching for Paul that he would elaborate them as, as you know, the type of children that, that they are, you know, not yeah. properly yet formed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we hope that's helpful. Uh, thanks for listening. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.